millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. I already know the answer to this because we just spoke about it before versing record. How the devil are you? Nothing to report, Luke. <laughs> there have been no updates on my life because nothing's happened. How about you? I mean, I've got, uh, you know, a couple of updates. It was obviously the Easter weekend. Did some more baking. Uh, you made some bread over the weekend. Yeah, but it's just, there's no there's no funny stories. There's no, oh, I went out and did this. There's no, oh, I saw this film at the cinema at the weekend. It's uh, unless, a haircut. Oh, yeah, my lady partner shaved my head with a beard trimmer. Not the excellent manscaped ball trimmer. Uh, because that would have made it too short, but uh, yeah, it all worked out. I mean, I can tell you, I watched Devil Wears Prada. Does that count? It's not quite the I new mean, James Bond movie. No, but it's still anecdotal. How was it? Yeah, it's really good. Really, really genuinely solid movie. Excellent performances throughout. Obviously, Streep is the best, objectively, but my man Stanley Tucci in that movie. I've seen that movie a lot of times. You know what? You know, certain movies just creep up on you where you're like, man, I've seen that film a lot. I don't know yeah. why. Uh, and that's one of them. I must have seen that movie legit seven times in my life. What have you got any? Um, have you got any that have just popped up? That I've just seen a lot of times over the years. Regardless of, of their the quality. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh. The Flintstones movie? I just feel like I see that because it's on TV a lot. And whenever it's on, I'm like, I might just sit here and watch the Flintstones movie yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think Devil Wears Prada is similar. Plus, my lady partner loves it. And it is it mm. is incredibly solid. <laughs> Speaking of incredibly solid, um, I'll tell you what, let's do Raw first. And then we'll uh, do the outro portion of this podcast because everyone's here for the wrestling chat. And... A new challenger has arrived. Here comes a new challenger for Drew McIntyre. Here comes the show.
WWE wouldn't know it because they continue to put on shows um, to just put, put it out there. I've seen a few people say, hey, well, thank God they are putting on shows, otherwise WrestleTalk wouldn't have any content to make. You're right there, but I think me, I speak for all of us when we would much rather there be no wrestling shows for us to talk about than everyone risk their health and safety by going and continually making them three times a week. It's morally reprehensible. What the hell is going on? Also, also, for everyone who says, well, AEW, you don't criticise them when they do it, they stopped two Thursdays ago. They stopped when the government told them to. Now we can well, move on. WWE are now, what is it, what are they now? Like they are... Uh, they are classed uh, as an essential. essential service. That's the one, yeah. I'm sure that's got nothing to do with uh, politics and people paying people off. But, you know, hey, I'm not one to uh, to throw any sort of mud or shade. And also to those people who said we'd have no content to make. Guys, the big show show is on Netflix. We'd have just reviewed episodes of that on a weekly basis. We're talking live streams. We're talking Easter eggs. We're talking yeah. 10 best big show, big, big show, show moments from Adam Blompier. And don't worry, those are still definitely coming. <laughs> and also... Uh, I feel like that message at the start was slightly undermined in my news episode from earlier today because I mixed up who the governor of Florida was with the mayor of a Orange County, I believe it was. So no one's really talking. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, yeah. Uh, so no one's really talking about whether WWE should or shouldn't put on these shows. They're all just correcting me. Oh, <laughs> Saying, mate. It's this way. But it's fine. I just I needed to address it because I've already done the pinned comment and I can't edit it. Right. Last night's Raw, however, we're, we're just going to park all the criticism of the actual practice of putting the show on to one side was really good, I thought. Mm. Yes, I thought this it was, it was this was Raw going back to normal. This was them putting on the show they would have done if there was a crowd there. And do you know what? Actually, for the most part, it was a really, really good show. It's funny if I was talking to someone this morning about sort of like, you know, these, these WWE sort of carrying on at when they probably shouldn't be. And they probably should be putting uh, people's health and safety in front of the, the almighty dollar. And I said, yeah. And annoyingly, it was a really good show. So I want to be able to speak positively about it. But it is it's quite bitter. I'm a bit bitter that it was a good show. Yeah, <laughs> because what I want to be doing is sitting here going like, this is a terrible, terrible company, what a terrible <laughs> decision. But actually, what I'm really going to be doing is sitting here going like, God, that Asuka Ruby Riot match was really, really great. And I love the sexy man faction. I think they're really great. I think Drew's really good. I think Seth's really good. Yeah, I'm really liking this show. Yeah, it's hard to have a consistent tone of this channel <laughs> when WWE are evil, but they also put on a show I really enjoy watching. Um, but I'm sure YouTube comment sections are smart enough, particularly our viewers, to understand that things aren't mutually exclusive all the time. So mm -hmm. one of the reasons this episode was so good, and it, it really, really was a very, very solidly booked wrestling show. When you say go back to normal... Like, normal Raw to me is actually a bit naff and incomprehensible. This was normal Paul Heyman standards, where yes. matches had stakes. The Money in the Bank pay-per-view, that's the next one they're building to, they use that to give all the matches some semblance of significance because they were qualifiers mm. for that. So that yeah. was a good thing. And also, the way they built the big reveal of who Drew's first proper challenger is going to be was masterfully done throughout the show. Um, you, one of those sleight-of-hand tricks where it is very obvious because they're, they're essentially every other segment, they're saying, it's him, 
it's him. It's him. Because they peppered the show with just shots of Seth Rollins backstage, looking into the camera and saying, I'm your messiah. Or... I will prove I've been to resurrected. You. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Really, really foreboding stuff. But at the same time, the rest of the show, the main show, the in-ring stuff is like, look at Zelina Vega's Gang of Sexy Men faction. Andrade, he's in the main event. Austin Theory's winning his match. Angel Garza's winning his match. They're all coming out after each of their matches and beating down the guy who lost. Like they, they were Zelina Vega's on commentary. They were all over this show, and I'm like, yes. Give me this faction. And they put on a really good main event. It was very short, but a really good main event between Andrade and Drew. Uh, and it was like, they, they built that faction so well. I was like, ah, I almost I almost wanted this to be the first feud for Drew going forward. But then Drew ended up beating Andrade, the US champion, quite easily, despite being at a major disadvantage in five minutes. That is problematic. And I was down on that briefly. But then Seth Rollins came out, came down, Angel Garza attacked Drew, and Rollins just stomped, stomped, stomped McIntyre's head into the earth. And all of a sudden, I wasn't thinking about the Andrade Drew stuff. Paul Heyman did this much because he's a smart guy. He knows fans would start to be like, ah, I don't think they should have pushed McIntyre that hard uh, for this first week overcoming this really good new faction. So he, he just changes the narrative to make it about Rollins versus McIntyre, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I kind of think I saw this coming because I literally said this in the predictions video. Kevin Owens was going to beat Seth Rollins and that would somehow make him the number one contender to the WWE Championship. And, yep, lo and behold, that is what happened. Uh, Rollins came out, you know, he had his little squash match last week where he showed that he was now super-duper angry because, I don't know if you know this, Ollie Davis, but the narrative is, the storyline they're going with, is that WrestleMania 36 was Seth Rollins' first loss at WrestleMania. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going to say, but he lost at WrestleMania 31. And you would be right, but he was <laughs> he was champion at the end of the show. But right. so they're counting that as he he didn't lose at WrestleMania there because he ended the show as champion. So him him losing to Kevin Owens has ended his WrestleMania streak. I'm doing bunny years now for podcast listeners. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's infuriating because you know it's you know factually wrong, but th- there is something there. <laughs> Yeah, right? And uh, yeah, so now it's he's now this like super duper pissed off version of the Messiah character because he's a Messiah character that wants to prove to the world that he is right and he's been proven wrong at Mania. So now he's this really like angry version of the character who was going to be going after McIntyre for the title. So he now needs the title to almost validate his whole Messiah complex, which I think is quite cool and exciting. I really, really like this this potential new take on the Seth character, and I'm very excited for him versus Drew. Yeah, I don't think this was the plan, obviously. I think uh, Seth, well, not ending, would have, and Authors of Pain getting injured as well, that was a big part of it. He would have Buddy, he'd have both members of AOP, because Murphy is in a match next week. He's facing Rey Mysterio, is it, in the is, Money yeah. in the Bank qualifiers. So it'll be weird if Murphy is now no longer affiliated with Rollins. I would mm. like to think oh, Heyman won't do that. 
yeah, I would have thought they would still be together in some capacity. Like Buddy just needs to kind of, oh, sorry, just Murphy needs to kind of promo next week saying like, I'm still following Seth Rollins uh, and I'm going to win this tonight for the mm. Messiah. But at, at the same time, you could say like Murphy's just walking around being like, hey, he lost at WrestleMania for the first time ever. And, and mm. you can tell that. I don't know, but what they've done and how they've made it work is, I agree, very, very good. Uh, I've seen a lot of people, myself included, asking where Kevin Owens is. And I don't know if he worked the tapings. Mm. Well, is this the tapings? Because this is now just live right now. They're just yeah, like Monday, point. Wednesday and Friday. It's just, it's just a live show. So he can doesn't have to be at a certain set of tapings because he can just be called in for the following week. I'm just I'm guessing that at the end of WrestleMania or when, you know, the end of the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins storyline, there was no plan for what Owens was doing next. There was just a plan of what Rollins was going to do next. And yeah. And you know, what does Kevin do next? Like what feud can you put us, put him in next apart from facing off against the, the team of sexy men over the mm. United States championship. And uh, then he sort of, then essentially you're just feuding. Against, he's just feuding with another faction. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe there were plans for Kevin Owens and, understandably it's just been torn up i i look at owens and i look at the decisions he's made over the last few years uh, not going to saudi arabia not because he wasn't allowed to go like some people but because he disagreed with the the, the sort of moral ambiguities around it so maybe he is one of those people who's been like you know what nah i'm gonna stay at home for a bit but I, I don't maybe. know. I don't know. That's that's yeah, totally maybe. me speculating. Uh, but yes, overall, Drew versus Seth, big thumbs up uh, because that I'm I'm really excited about the matches those two guys can have. Yeah, I was you know kind of like you was kind of gutted that it wasn't going to be more between Drew and Andrade because I think the that would be a really long term feud that you can build around, particularly with their history through NXT. It's the one thing that I didn't like about this match, aside from the length of the match. Uh, and how easily Drew won. The only other thing I didn't like is that they very clearly established the NXT matches in canon, but they never showed it. Mm. Like, you just had to show, like, a video package highlighting what it is, because this Raw audience, there's only a small percentage of this Raw audience that has seen that NXT match, so why not show this whole audience what they're talking about as opposed to just sort of having these offhanded comments about just like oh and by the way they had a match a few years ago and drew got injured off the back of it yeah and, and it's such a good match i wasn't into yeah, either guy that much at that time um but man they both won me over that that's the real strength of drew is that in a promo in a and that really the sign of a great worker in that you can win over a completely neutral audience with a promo or a wrestling match. And that's what he does every single night. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, overall, I, I ended this episode really excited about Drew as a babyface champion. So job, yeah, totally. job massively done. It, it is a shame it came at Andrade's expense. We'll talk about that more in the full recap. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we get on with the rest of your su- 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 super chats, let's give shout outs to our wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon, who will be getting, hopefully, our retro review of WrestleMania 21 this week. Indeed, indeed, indeed. A show that clearly I've forgotten because those who saw Quizzlemania 2 will have seen me completely bollocks up one of the questions where I. In my head, that opening match was Eddie Guerrero versus Benoit, but it's not. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, I just completely misremembered it. So I'm actually really looking forward to rewatching it because clearly I don't remember it as well as I thought I did. Um, so thank you very much. Stay down, Derek Graves. Woo. Just incredible Edel Heights. Thank you. Former star athlete, now head coach, Lendell Brenson. Nice, lovely stuff. Sean of the Dead Peril. What a film. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Shimjewski. Very good, very nice. Harder than his bite, Sean Barksdale. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Oh, multiple levels that does. Always want Brian Moore. Vito Ventura, pet detective. Yes, thank you. We're going on a Brian Huntley. Woo! That's it. Get ready. Moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Yeah, like a crab. Crab, 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 crab. And Forsaken Angel, Corey Cobain. Ooh. Thank you. And lastly, new kid on the block, Ben Newcomb. Thank you very much, Ben. And thank you also on the Super Chats, Garage Art with a V, Les, Bumhead Les. Rob, and Hawkeye Jeremy Runner. And of course, as always, our mod mother, Jenna.
But let's get into your uh, your s s super chats. Gazatola of Rock and Roller, thank you for your two generous super chats there. Been busy working at the hospital, so only just finished watching Mania over the weekend. Overall, a good show, but not great. Orton and Edge and Corbin Elias dragged savagely, and I had to skip them. No one's blaming you for that, my friend. Uh, and then into another super chat. Had hoped to see Brian and uh, Zayn get more time and not just finish a spam from Lesnar McIntyre. Surprised to see Baszler lose. I really enjoyed the Boneyard and Firefly match. Was effing weird, but very cool. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people were down on the Orton Edge match because it's what well, I think it's now the second longest match in Mania history, only behind the 60 minute Iron Man match, which yeah. is, I mean, the fact that it's longer than any <clears throat> Triple H match is bonkers. Um, uh, and yeah, the God, the Elias Corbin match was so boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's ungodly boring. Uh, but all, all that other stuff, Gaz, yeah, I agree on, to be honest. Completely, uh, yeah. Valor, but Mamadibudi, Los England, but, oh, I can't say this. I can neither Los say Ingo your Bernard. first name or the name of this faction, Valor. Uh, Los Ignorables. Finally, a faction with a manager too, and I know Zelina can carry that super hard, even if Theory can speak for himself, kind of. So this is Zelina yeah, Vega's new faction. He's the only one that doesn't really fit for me at the moment. And I think that's because... I mean, we'll talk about this more in the main show. It might just be because he was clearly a last-minute replacement for the the um, Andra for Andrade at WrestleMania, but he doesn't. Something about him doesn't click in the faction for me just yet. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a little show that's sweeping the interwebs, folks, called Quizzlemania. It's on our partner I've channel. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's great. And it's a podcast. It's on our other wrestling channel, Parts Fun Known. And it's where Adam Blombier hosts a weekly wrestling quiz that you can play along with at home. Uh, and it's just, you know, a bunch of chaps, a lovely time with the boys, answering stupid wrestling questions. And uh, this week, it's me uh, on my two-week losing streak, I've come last, versus Laurie, making his Quizzlemania debut. Uh, of course, Blompier's hosting. Luke's sitting this one out. We'll have... Uh, yes, I am. Well, yeah, because I'm playing D&D &D tonight with my friends and I'm doing my own podcast on Thursday night. So I was like, I'm just going to hang out with my wife for an evening. Mm. I think that might be a nice change of pace. Uh, we've got Wrestling With Regrets, Brian Zane in the house. Oh, so gutted I'm not on that show, actually. Yeah, and then Defending... His two-week winning streak, he somehow wins every single thing we've played over the past couple of weeks. Uh, not just the Quizzlemania, but just work stuff we've done on Google Hangouts. And some of the stuff, there's no way he could cheat on. So it's just like, it's just boggling my <laughs> mind, uh, is Randy Andy Datsum. And he has put, breaking news, the announcement's coming through, He's putting his hair on the line. If he does not come first, he will shave his head. Bald. And as Andy will tell you on the stream himself, he does not think he's going to look good with a shaved head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Well, uh, it's 9pm, 9pm BST, which is about 3pm PST, EST, I think, and 1pm. Uh, I can... I can 
tell you exactly what it is because I've got the uh, tweet up here. It's 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST, and 9 p.m. UK. Uh, so those are the window. The live stream, <coughs> the link's actually already available. So if you just search for Quizzlemania on YouTube, the stream is there. So you can set a reminder to be reminded when the show goes out. And the day after, the podcast version of the show will also be released for those who like their audio content. Excellent stuff. So let's get him on with our play-by-play review of the show. Opened with uh, like the third time we've seen this video package of Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar. Uh, and then we got McIntyre opening the proper show in the ring by cutting a, another really great promo, thanking the fans, putting over his match with the big show. That did make him look really good. I still think that was a very good idea. And then he challenges the WWE locker room to step up and fight him for the title. I just, I, I thought, isn't it so nice that we've got a full-time champion on WWE TV again? Yeah, that fighting champion who wants to always put their, their title on the line. Uh, Jerry Lawler was back on commentary this week as well. Um, I don't think he added a great amount to the show um, other than, than one line that I think a lot of people are very upset about. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought this what was, was a solid line? promo, but... It was during the Akira Tozawa match when he said that uh, Akira hit a ramen noodle moonsault. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, but I thought it was a good promo from Drew. Yes. Uh, and then when and when Andrade came out, oh, you better believe I was excited. You better believe that I was like, oh, yeah, yes, please. Andrade versus Drew, well in for that. It was a match that I had no idea I wanted so bad. Maybe because my mind was just like, well, that's not happening. He's the US champion. He's got his own thing going on. And then when he walked out, I was so excited. And, you know, this is the sort of segment where it will make you stick around for the main event. So it would be interesting to see what the drop-off of viewership's like uh, in the ratings. Uh, And Drew was really, really funny here. Like, perfect timing. He just went, and the crowd goes mild when Andrade (laughs) came out. I just thought it was really good. I particularly liked uh, Drew providing commentary over his Big Show match as well mm. that came last week. Uh, I thought that was really, really nice. I actually thought the Vega was really good here as well, saying that Andrade was robbed of his WrestleMania moment, so he's going to take a moment from you. That was really nice stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a really important thing not to overlook, and that, yeah, great, we've got a faction. We love factions on TV. I don't know why WWE has sort of ignored them for so long and when they do do them it's only really so you have four or five people to face Roman Reigns rather than them being an actual coherent unit and the important detail they've added this time is a manager Zelina Vega adds so much to this group and yeah it just works so well it's totally a Paul Heyman thing Mm. I wonder I'm gonna this is purely speculation on my part but I wonder if the writing crew before Heyman came on as the executive creative whatever it is um i wonder if the writing crew just gave up pitching factions because vince always said no so you pitch a faction vince says no you pitch a faction vince says no until vince wants you know a load of people for roman to beat up so they probably just gave up pitching factions but because Heyman's got that control and Heyman bloody loves a faction that he was like yeah i'm gonna do this faction it's like okay yeah sounds good mm-hmm. yeah and um, after that, we got our first 
match of the show, which was a, a women's Money in the Bank qualifier. And for the second time in two weeks, Asuka had a really decent TV match with a former member of the Riot Squad. Poor old Liv. Uh, looks like she's not, because I'm guessing it's three from Raw, three from SmackDown, so we're not going to get uh, Liv in the Money in the Bank. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought this was a really, really solid match. I loved Asuka dancing to Ruby Wright's music as she came out. And they just had a good back and forth match. There was some really, really good stuff in this. Uh, some great near falls. The sequence at the end where Ruby Wright tried for the sort of stage dive thing and Asuka caught her in the Asuka lock. That was reversed by Wright into a pin combination, reversed into more submissions, reversed into submissions by Wright. And then into this big pinning combination before Asuka tapped her out and tapped her out very quickly as well. As soon as she got in that Asuka lock, uh, Ruby was tapping out. I thought it was a great match. Yeah, really, really good. Probably, you know, I, I enjoyed Drew Andrade more in the main event, but this might have been the the best match of the night that went a decent amount of time, I think. I don't, oh, yeah, it was, my, it was my match of the night. Easy. Yeah, yeah. I think Ruby, it just shows how good Ruby is, and we don't get to see this this often, unfortunately. Um, but it's really interesting for me to see the stock of Asuka, how that seems to have really, really risen uh, si- since the Performance Center, WWE mm-hmm. moved there, but Kyrie Sane has just dropped off a cliff. And you know They don't care about her at all. No, and I, I think the tide changed with TLC because Charlotte's Charlotte cannot be in the wrong. I think that's probably what's happened there. And Kyrie Sane, you know, we all know what happened in that match. Uh and yet yeah, if you go and watch the WrestleTalk news from today, Kyrie Sane, who gets squashed later on by Nia Jax in comparison to her Kabuki Warrior tag partner here. She just went on a liking tweet rampage of her fans saying she should leave WWE. I think she's gone. Mm. Like once the once the contract is up, she's one hundred percent out the door, going back to stardom. Yeah. Once the travel bans lifted, obviously. Um, after that, Asuka did point at the Money in the Bank briefcase and say that you know she's going to win it, be Mrs. Money in the Bank or Ms. Gender isn't a thing. And then we got a really weird backstage segment with MVP, who isn't retired anymore. Yeah, so he was here to announce like quality. He had exclusive announcements of the men's qualifying matches for next week's show and announced Ray versus Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black versus Austin Theory and then said, and we're going to have the greatest ladder match, one of the greatest ladder match competitors in the history of WWE. And I was like, okay, so MVP's back in a match then. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's Apollo Crews versus MVP. And to be honest, I'd forgotten that he'd announced he'd retired. Was that on TV? Yes. Was that? that oh, and he was going to start a new faction or something, wasn't he? And he tried to recruit Edge. Well, he tried to recruit Edge. Yeah, yeah. He tried to become Drew's manager. Yeah, I remember that now. I remember those days. Um, but yeah, he's he's just here so Apollo Crews can get a win, I guess. Yeah, and and that's a, I think that's a really good bit of booking there. Uh, they're trying to make Cruz credible. He lost last week to Alistair Black, but man, that was a good match. And I'm certainly yeah, more into Apollo than I ever have been, uh, you know, pre his NXT days. Uh, but the, yeah, a, a win over MVP, which I fully expect to happen, will be a good step to doing that. And yeah, MVP yep. doesn't lose anything. And I think we're most likely going to see Alistair Black win his match against Austin Theory and uh, Ray versus Buddy Murphy. Yeah. The only alternative I could think is that you could have you could do Theory going over Alistair Black and then have Alistair go on to feud with Andrade uh, in their sort of like faction thing for the title at Money in the Bank. Yeah, maybe it, it'll be interesting to see how they treat Theory because 
he, you know, he he's not established yet. We'll come on to him a, a, a bit later. But yeah, the Alistair Black beat Only Lorkin really easily next. It was a good match for what it was, though. Only Lorkin's just there's something about the way he hits people. Oh, he lo- he hits hard. That dude hits hard, uh, and it, and I love it. I really like. I didn't get, I didn't mention this last week, but uh, I really like Alistair Black's new move that he does, where he does a spear knee bar, like a spear knee bar. I mm. said spear there, but he hits like it's a spear. But instead of like knocking someone down onto their front, he somehow falls onto his back into a knee bar. It's really it's quite remarkable. Um, but yeah, I, I like Only Larkin a lot, and Black Mass. Sorry, Black hit Black Mass for the win. And then he told Sarah Schreiber, not Renner Young, his game plan against Theory for next week in the qualifying match. And he just went, I'm going to win. Which was solid answer. Was quite good. Uh, then we got a recap of Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. And then Becky Lynch came out for an in ring promo. And this was hyped a lot as, wow, Becky Lynch returns to Raw. First time in two weeks. I've written here that this is a reset promo. This was a rewriting of history promo where they are now pretending that all that stuff that she did in the lead up to WrestleMania was all to outsmart Baszler, which is complete poppycock. Mm. It was just bad writing. Uh, But you know what? You can fix bad writing with one line of dialogue. And they had that one line of dialogue here. We can move past it all, move on to better things for Becky Lynch. Are you being sarcastic? No, no, I'm, no, oh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm being genuinely serious here because I think like them hitting a reset button on the Becky Lynch character and being like, all of that stuff in the lead up to the Baszler match was absolute nonsense and really badly told. Now we can just forget all about it. Press the, press the reset button. Let's just move forward and we'll just do something else. We're still doing the Baszler feud, but we don't have to have all of the king, you know, wearing the king's crown and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I I mean, I'm about three reset buttons past caring about Becky, unfortunately. It's, it's not her. It's not her performance. It's not her character. Well, it sometimes is her character. It's just she, she's had terrible feud after terrible feud since she got over. WWE have botched everything they've done with her. It's, it's yeah. remarkable considering how over Survivor Series 2018, like, and, and they... Everything was going well up until that point, in spite of them, because they were pushing Charlotte. And then she fully got over, and Vince is like, man, no, she is the babyface to drive this women's division forward to take the mantle from Ronda when she hangs up her boots for a bit at WrestleMania 35. Let's really push her, give her all the ideas. And those ideas were just coherent nonsense and bad. And that means we got the Seth Rollins stuff. We got the Lacey Evans feud. We got the Charlotte tag team that was just an utter failure at TLC. And then we got the very badly built Shayna Baszler storyline, and which had a terrible payoff at WrestleMania. I just, yeah, I hate to say it uh, because I, I've been frustrated with people who have said it in the past about Becky. But I'm over her, really. I think she's suffocating I, the division uh... a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, I get that, and I, I don't disagree with it. But I've got so much love for Becky Lynch, and I've wanted to see her be pushed. And perhaps this is just a naive perspective on my part, that I've wanted to see her be put into this position for so many years, that I am willing to sort of, like, forgive a lot of the bad stuff that she's done and be like, but you know what? The next feud will be better. And that would be, I was like, do you know what? The next feud is going to be better. 
So perhaps it's complete naive optimism on my part, but I've, I've got this hope among hopes that the next feud is going to be better. Mm-hmm. You, with your young-eyed, <laughs> preppy optimism. Uh, well, we did get a good thing off the back of that, which was Shayna Baszler coming out for her Money in the Bank qualifying match against Sarah Logan, and she just broke Sarah Logan's arm and walked off. It was freaking awesome. It was undermined massively, though, by the balls up. Because, so, Logan, yeah, so she hits Logan with the stomp and breaks her arm. And she walks away, and the, and the referee calls for the bell. And Mike Rowe, is that the ring announcer's mm. name? He announced Sarah Logan as the winner. So I've gone like, huh. I mean, she doesn't look like a winner. <laughs> and you've got the commentators going like, yeah, I think Baszler really should have qualified there. Because she, you know, Sarah Logan's unable to compete. And then they cut back to the uh, ring announcer later, and they're like, "Yeah, the ring announcer made a mistake. Baszler did win. Yeah. Just so we're all aware, just so we're all clear, Baszler won, and she qualified. So the win was slightly undermined somewhat by the by the botchy announcement. They could have uh, fixed that if it was a pre-tape show. Just, uh, you know, something <laughs> to think about, Vince. After that, we got, I thought that was the best Shayna's looked in a whole main roster run so far. You know, it wasn't yeah, overly. It's what they should have been doing from the start. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Akira Tozawa versus Austin Theory. Tozawa being the best man to put in these positions because he just, even without a crowd, he got over with the crowd. I don't know how he does yeah. it. He's just got that natural connection with atoms. I can only explain it as now. But uh, Zelina Vega was on commentary. Really nice touch because it re- really felt like their faction was all over Raw, which made the Drew McIntyre matchup later in the night really did make him feel like he was at a disadvantage because of it um but i'm still waiting to see the whatever like why everyone loves austin theory so much i haven't seen his evolve stuff but i you know a lot of people i trust the opinions of say he's very very good i haven't seen that yet and this match here did nothing to, to to show me otherwise and your point earlier about him not really fitting with um the the sexy boys faction isn't just because, you know, he's not a Mexican a Mexican luchador. He doesn't have that heritage. It's also because Andrade and Garza have a sort of... They seem, you know, cocky, sexy heels. Whereas Theory doesn't have a character yet. That's it. I think it's, he doesn't have a defined character like Andrade and Angel Garza do. Like, Angel Garza, out the gate, had a very clear character. And Austin Theory, I don't, you know, he's got this catchphrase that he's got, but it doesn't really feel like that's a character. It's just something that's that's on your tights. And I, I think that, you know, you said you haven't seen any of his Evolve stuff. And, I, you know, I've, I've not seen a massive amount of it either. But his main roster stuff we've seen so far was like losing twice to the Street Profits and then a squash match. So it's quite hard to get invested into a character when, yeah, there hasn't been that much of him so far. And I mean, I know you said that Black could win if Andrade interferes, but I, I think he should, theory should lose to Black, which is just going to cement him at a certain level even more. But I... I maybe it's just me but like black going into a feud with andrade feels like much bigger than just being a part of the money in the bank match that i don't think he's going to win and maybe austin theory getting a win over as black and going into money in the bank where he possibly could show off something might give him much more stock on the raw roster potentially uh after that we got uh andrade and gaza come down to beat up uh akira tozawa who lost to theory 
Uh, Rey Mysterio said he'll be Mr. Money in the Bank to uh, Sorry, Charlie Caruso. On that, we they introduce their new like triple team finisher that they do, which is they beat up someone and then they the uh, Gaza in theory puts them into the corner up onto the top rope, and then um, Andrade hits the hammerlock DDT off the top rope. So they kind of got their their triple team move that they do and their triple team pose. So Ooh, this was like the, the uh, this this was their debut uh, as an actual faction, the three of them together for the for the very first time, and it feels so good. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I this got me very excited. I really like this. Yeah, because I don't think WWE even knew these three were going to be a, a proper faction moving forward. Because you look back at the last two weeks of TV from when Theory debuted. Sometimes he was with Vega. Other times he would make a separate entrance to Vega and Gaza. So yeah, I, it's it's no surprise that they feel like a thrown together faction. mm Hmm. But yeah. with, with Gaza was just thrown in there, but that one worked. Uh, they don't have the luxury. The more you do that, the more weird it's going to seem. Uh, but after that, speaking of, we got Angel Gaza in a squash match against Tahuti Miles, who was... Gaza is just incredible. Uh, theory, sure, might be great, but what? why split the push when you could just push yeah. Gaza? Yeah, I, you said. I think you said this in your review. It should have been Angel Garza in the Austin Theory position, and I 100% agree with you. I think Angel Garza's already got a much more defined character. He's got a incredible amount of charisma about him, and yeah, I I I think he's great. I think he's absolutely awesome. Him coming out and flirting with the camera lady, um, and then telling uh, the cameraman to get up onto the apron so we could cut a promo. I thought it was all wonderful stuff. Yeah, totally, definitely a real photographer. She was. <laughs> Not not just a you know pretty person hired for the role. Are you tr- are you trying to say that pretty people can't be can't take photos, hey, Oliver Davis? They they go in front of the lens, surely, like me and you. <laughs> um, then we got a, a really good promo backstage with Drew, who put over his match with Andrade at NXT and how Andrade tore that bicep. Well, it was actually Drew, I think, tore the bicep at the end of that match. Um, but really, really good stuff. Then Nia Jax just squash Kyrie Sane. Yeah, I've got here. Sane tries to make fun of Jax. Asuka cheers on from backstage. Nia wins. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not looking promising for Sane's WWE future. Uh, after that, we got NXT champion Charlotte Flair. That sounds so weird coming out of my <sighs> mouth. And she cuts her in-ring promo on Io Shirai, who... I, I guess is the next NXT title. Yeah, well, she she won, she the, won ladder the ladder match, match yeah. last week. Which do you know what? Show it. Show us the fucking. Show us the video back. I know that was that was close. But this is why it annoys me so much because you own this footage. You can show this footage, right? Like, show us the ladder match. Make us want to tune into Wednesday to see the follow up to it. You can't like because if you're a raw viewer, you know you're part of the two million or let's say you're part of the one point five million viewers that don't watch NXT. The first question you've got is who's Io Shirai? What's an NXT Women's Championship? You know, uh, who, what, what's she talking about? So show the people that. Show Io Shirai winning that championship and then say, and if you watch on Wednesday, these two are going to go face to face and make people excited to watch NXT. It's all in control. You're in control. It's on the same bloody network. Like, you can show this stuff. And I don't understand why they don't. Because they've got uh, they, they've, they've got loads of content that they can film right now, Luke. That's why. <laughs> 
I don't see any reason why they should be leaning on the archive material more. That's, that sounds ridiculous. Uh, and also, she is 100% a heel, right? Yes! Like, there is no way on any planet that she's a baby face. Which they came down just like, it's her 12th title in WWE. I'm like, she's been on the roster for six years. That's way too many titles to have in six years. And she's talking about how she's beaten up all, all, everyone's favourites too many times. Vince McMahon handpicked her to save the main event of last year. And she's going to beat up Yoshi Wright, who is a heel. I, I just, I think she's the most ultimate heel. And she's going to have... But maybe they think she's a babyface, which is why they're doing babyface Charlotte versus heel Io Shirai. That's exactly what they think. That the, the reports are out there. They think Charlotte's a babyface, a badass, all-conquering babyface. At least with Roman... Inconceivable. At least with Roman, he was booked that way, and he played that character. <laughs> Charlotte's just booked that way and plays a heel, like an out-and-out <laughs> heel. Um, but yeah... The, it is good. This is the one of the only times I can ever remember Raw or SmackDown actually throwing to an NXT episode that week. Yeah. So, you know, that hopefully that will bring more eyes onto NXT. Uh, Bobby Lashley, of all the storylines to not drop. <laughs> Bobby Lashley squashed No Way Jose and got frustrated with his wife Lana because she kept yelling unhelpful advice to him and it took him off his game. Huh. But he still won. Mm. Because that's the thing, right? Like, that's where this didn't particularly work for me because there's only like, hey, Lana was giving him terrible advice and it threw him off his game. It's like, yeah, but he still won. So it's either No Way Jose is really bad or it's just that him being shot this advice isn't actually affecting anything. It's Well, it's, it's because No Way Jose is really bad. Uh, they've okay. established that in kayfabe. That's not just me disliking the act. Because No Way Jose nearly beat Lashley off the back of Lana's input. Uh, so I think it does work. I just don't think it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Did you see the um, you know the, the Don't Rush Challenge that uh, the, the ladies of WWE did? And then a lot of the lads did it as well. It was really quite, it was quite lovely. Um, no way Jose was in that video and I did not recognize him until he put his gear on. <laughs> so I was like, who's this guy? And we go, oh, oh, right. It's no way Jose. Okay. I see now. Oh, now he's fluorescent. I know who he is. <laughs> Off yeah. the back of that, we got the Viking Raiders versus Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, who remember in season 37 of WWE following WrestleMania and now a tag team. They've even got matching tights. And yep. I, I, I don't know if you do this, but I sometimes start writing jokes in advance uh, mm -hmm. in my notes. And for this one, I was writing about how, well, at least they're safe in the tag division now. Viking Raiders haven't been round that much. You can establish Alexander and Ricochet with a win here. And, the, and it was a really exciting match. This was a very good mm -hmm. back and forth match. Well, I forgot that there was no crowd there. But then the Viking Raiders won. And that's not a bad thing. Because the Viking Raiders are very good. And they were fighting for the Raw, the Raw Tag Team titles just a few months ago. However, is that the best thing to do to your new tag team of Alexander and Ricochet? They're an enhancement team. Like, you're not pushing this team. They're just there to put other people over. That, oh. That's my guess of all of this because yeah viking raiders won with a botched version of the viking experience 
and then they signal that they're going after the tag straps again. So we got the interview with Street Profits and Bianca, Berta, Bianca Belair telling them to get serious about the Viking Raiders because every time you've been in the ring with them, you get beaten up. So Ricochet and Cedric Alexander were just a stepping stone to get to the feud between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Viking Raiders I, versus Street Profits, in two. I just, I'm not a fan of, it just, it's depressing. It's depressing to see Alexander, I made my peace with last year. He was buried. It's very unfortunate. But I've gotten over that. Ricochet, it is... It, it's like a freaking Chinese burn on my arm. Am I allowed? Is that... That's okay to say. A twisty thing I have on no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know anymore. Um, but I... Do you know what? You know how you said you're over uh, Cedric and you're sort of over that thing? I think I'm just over Ricochet now. Like, you know... I, I it's It pains me to say it, but this company have told me not to care. And now I don't care. Mm. He was on the main roster for a year and did absolutely nothing. Yeah, and, it, and in all of that, somehow in doing nothing, he was United States champion for a bit. And it still feels like he did nothing. And since the, since the Saudi match, I've just been told week in, week out, don't care about this guy. And now I don't care. And that sucks. Um, but the, the a positive in this is that the Street Profits versus Viking Raiders, I think, will be very, very good. And yeah. part of that is because we were, I was down on her a bit last week and we both said Bianca Belair feels like a natural heel. There's just something about her and it, kind of, it might jar with the Street Profits act. I don't see them really meshing beyond uh, them being in a real life relationship together with being married to Montez Ford. However, here in the promo segment, I thought she the dynamic was perfect. It's like she is the serious balance to Viking, uh, sorry, uh, the Street Profits goofiness. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll echo Adam's comments about this where, because I said, do you think that she'll just be part of the Street Street Profits act? And he said, well, I hope not because she's way better than just being part of an act. And I 100% agree with that. I think her being a part of the women's division, her being part of the Money in the Bank ladder match makes way more sense than her being part of, you know, the, the Street Profits. Just be there to be like, gets, you know, down it son get serious so it kind of sucks in that regard but you know what it's she was really good in this segment mm. yeah she should be in the raw side of the women's money in the bank match that's a good point uh, and the main event was the drew mcintyre andrade main event which was really really good really like really ferocious stuff from andrade went straight for drew's surgically repaired torn bicep that he suffered in their nxt match two years ago really nice story you had uh, Austin Theory and Angel Garza and Selena Vega constantly distracting stuff from ringside, but still Drew overcame them all with a Claymore in five minutes. You know, I it, that that was a good twenty-minute match in there where Andrade would have looked fantastic in defeat. This was not that version, but like we said earlier, the Rollins reveal was sort of took took your mind off that bit of misbooking. Yeah, I, I probably could have done without the Bobby Mash and just given him more time to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, rather than go five minutes, you could have gone 15 um, and given Andrade a little bit more because I'll be honest, this did feel like a bit of a squash match. Um, and it was, you know, Drew overcoming the odds and just beating him quite handily. I probably would have preferred to see a bit more back and forth, but the Rollins reveal was really, really great. Yeah.
Let's get in with the super chats that those fine folk have just prepared for us. Alistair Gammond. Oh, damn it. Los Ingolnobles Los de Mexico plus Austin Theory. <laughs> just brackets and this guy. Uh, the Adnap 2. Theory's indie gimmick was a WWE main roster guy who was using Evolve as a stepping stone to get to NXT. He'll grow on you eventually. Well, that's it. That's what I said in the review. I just say he's not been given a chance to do anything on the main roster yet. You know, he's just lost a couple of tag matches and had a squash match. I must say, though, the Adnap 2, this isn't my first WWE main roster guy on the indie gimmick. Uh, Mike Canellis used to, or Mike, what was his name? Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett used this uh, this gimmick in about 2012 in Ring of Honor. And, you know, it's it's a very fun thing because you work the the indie audience because of it. They don't want their, their favourites to go to WWE. Uh it's not a it's not a character that is sustainable once you get to WWE though, and it actually yeah. g- kind of exposes some people as one dimensional. Um, Michael Dominguez, WWE put on a pretty good show with ten mid carders and Seth. Oh, that's unfair. True, that's unfair. True is now a main eventer, but the the was the star power on this show and last week's has been you know distinctively lacking. I would agree. Um, Ace. Mm. Nia Jax in a ladder match. Who's going to get injured? Ronda Rousey, if her tweets are be, uh, to be believed. We didn't actually talk about that, but mm. Shayna Baszler uh, was asked about Ronda Rousey. So she's 100% coming back. And I think all of her tweets have been designed to be a work to give her mega heel heat when she gets back. But I do think it's also small-minded heel heat because you are essentially telling your audience that this is all fake. And then she's going to go back and have fake matches. So when she loses, she just loses a fake fight. So what does that matter? Yeah, I mean, that's what they did during her actual run as well. They decided to puncture the kayfabe bubble. I I think it is a work, but I think it's also a shoot, brother. I think she <clears throat> genuinely doesn't like wrestling fans as much as she thought she would. Uh, that's because they don't like her. Yeah. Start recording. Would you be interested in an Andrade versus Edge feud? Yes. Yes, 100%. <gasps> Can yeah. you imagine ca- somehow catching the spear into a hammerlock DDT? I don't know how that would work. Mm. Oh, maybe. Big butter Jesus Gaming. Just make Rick and Cedric a team. Keep them happy. Well, that's what they've done. Yeah. Um, they've, they've, I'd imagine they probably pitched it to be, to be like, you know, we're not doing anything else. We're floundering in the lower mid card. Can we be a tag team? It's like, yeah, no, you're a tag team in the lower mid card. Who loses to everyone. Start recording. Who do you see becoming the next Triple Crown champion with the WWE title, Universal title, and NXT title to join Rollins and McIntyre at some point? Uh, McIntyre uh, isn't a Triple Crown, is he's he? Not, he's not been Universal champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Who's, been a, who's a former... Well, Kevin Owens is a, could be because mm. he's been a Universal Champion and NXT Champion, so maybe him, I guess. Yeah, I'd say that's a good shout. Tom Delves. I think Becky, Charlotte and Bailey are keeping their titles till the Survivor Series triple threat where Sasha will cash in her money in the bank to win one. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I like that. But I do... I. I, I think I said this in the predictions. I might have said it in the uh, WrestleMania review, but I think we're getting Bailey versus Banks at SummerSlam five years on from their classic Brooklyn mm. match over, over that same weekend. So I could see them doing that as opposed to waiting until Survivor Series. I also think uh, that WWE are just itching to do Charlotte versus Becky again. 
<laughs> like they're, they're both kind of that there was a bit where Becky called herself the queen and Charlotte mentioned Becky in her the, promo yeah 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 cool I'll pass it uh, right you. general general wrestling talk related Gazzatello Rock and Roller says a random question what is your most treasured piece of wrestling memorabilia you own mine is a sock signed by Mick Foley I um, I don't think I own any wrestling memorabilia actually have you uh, what have you got mm, I've got a signed have a nice day the have a nice day I read as a 14 year old maybe 13 year old uh, I got that copy signed by Mick Foley funnily enough so I'd probably say that yeah I haven't got anything I have an action figure of Raven. I think that's about it. Um, Mundy says, love you guys. Support Wrestle Talk Dance Chopper. Dance Chopper. Uh, Maniacs, uh, first live show I get to be a part of from you guys. Good luck, Ollie, in the next Quizzlemania. Thanks, man. Thanks for a very generous donation there as well. It's incredibly generous. Sorry, I've just witnessed that. Thank you very much. Oh, I've just seen it, rather. Bonsaray, uh, if you need more content, you can always watch Brendan Vink's YouTube's egotistical wrestling soap operas. Well, we'll check it out. Hmm. Uh, Big Butter Jesus Gaming, I uh, love the content of Quizzlemania. It's my new favourite show. Quizzlemania. I love Quizzlemania. Yeah. It's the best thing that's, that's for, for, from us that's come out of this whole situation. Uh, it's really fun for us to do, and, and it's nice that you guys like it too, because we'll probably do it regardless. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually saw this on Twitter from Carl McIver a couple of weeks ago. Since you, uh, we all don't know who the Gronk is, I found there's an erotic novel about him called A Gronking of a Lifetime. You can actually buy it on Amazon. Oh my god! Because uh, I think I think I suggested it on Ramble Club as our next read along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we've got so many Sonic Choose Your Own Adventures to do first, <laughs> which you absolutely loved. Uh, George Todd has anyone asked Andy why he has tomato sauce and alcohol in his bathrooms this is uh, in reference to the wash your hand videos that we have done the simple answer is George Andy thought it was funny <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's a, it's also a cure for uh, Korean coronavirus KML uh, we're not actually saying that just to you know just to preface this with like a little warning across the bottom Ollie Davis does not actually think that it's a cure <laughs> we should put that um, on the graphic <laughs> Uh, Kate Amal, uh, having an essential time with the boys. Hope you guys are doing well. I would love to see Jericho in a Firefly Funhouse match and seeing him relive his old gimmicks. Well, you don't have to see him in that because you're going to see him in a deletion match, which is essentially the same thing. Or go back and uh, rewatch our Chris Jericho fantasy booking warfare, where I essentially pitched mm. uh, all the gimmicks of Jericho coming back. Uh, Big Butter Jesus Gaming. Uh, HS Genesis are essential. Thanks for the content. Oh, good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Oblivious Curry, uh, without going to work, I forgot it was Monday. Sad mm. face. It's yeah, not the days Monday. really don't the days don't mean yeah, but yesterday was. Uh, <laughs> but maybe Oblivious Curry quite thinks so much it's anymore. Sunday. <laughs> I um yeah, I actually had this phone call I had this conversation with some of my family members over the weekend. I was like, no idea what day it is anymore. Mm. I just I, I wait for Ollie to message me and then I like then I can piece <laughs> together what day it is. Uh, God of War, Lance Barretta. Fantasy booking, AEW introduces a new group called The Line. Then, a year uh, after a year, Death Triangle, Inner Circle, and The Line join forces to become the Deathly Hallows. All right, Randy, Andy, Datsun. Get out of the super <laughs> chats. Uh, Batten, here it is again, my monthly ad block fee. Stay safe from the Netherlands. Thank you. Thanks, Flat Batten. 
Uh, Michael Dominguez, in the USA, we call it Indian Burn, a reference to the Ameri Indians. Uh, not cool to say anymore, but you're cool. Uh, we know you didn't mean to seek harm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, the arm twisty thing. I'm going to call it from now on. Yeah. Uh, and the last minute Super Chats comes in from... Oh, can you read that name for me? Uh, what? You mean Rakish Hamata? Yeah. So yeah, from Blake Ra- Carpenter saying... Uh, watching he who shall not be named suffer and fail on Quizzlemania is very entertaining. Hey, Luke. Hey, Blake. Hey, that's Hello, mate. Uh, look, Larson came on out of the goodness of his own heart because he wanted to be involved in going, <laughs> in, going in Raw. So, so don't say that random person who I don't know. <laughs> uh, that is all of the Super Chats. Let's see if anyone has given us some donations up on StreamYard. And they have. <gasps> uh, Nate Drop's surname says, Poor Sarah Logan. I had the hope that eventually <laughs> she'd get uh, a story and proper booking. I feel that... This was her can't come back from moment. Keep mm. up the great work and stay safe, fellas. Yeah, no, I absolutely got to agree with that. This, I mean, I, they they proper gave up on her. I mean, it's funny. Like it's she was in the Survivor Series match last year. Man, she was like part it? of Team yeah. Raw, and she was in Elimination Chamber. She is just a body that is on the roster. Mm. Absolutely, just on the roster. She'll be uh, she'll and... be referred to as a legend in ten years' time, though. Yeah. <laughs> A real, you know, a real cornerstone a pioneer, of the women's evolution. A pioneer of the WWE women's division. Uh, and Mohammed uh, Dick says, uh, I think there was way too much short matches, but OMG, I love Zelina Vega's uh, fake shield with their fist bumping over their heads. <laughs> that is good, yes. Well, thank you. All. And, what, and one, well, sorry, one last one. This is a last minute super chat's come in from Ethan, who said, how long uh, do you think Drew will be champ for in your opinion? Oh, I, you know, at least still Survivor Series. So six months minimum, I would want. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but hopefully longer. Yeah, I could see him being at Tormania next year. Yeah. Uh, well, Paul Heyman did say that Brock Lesnar, as a spoiler, would be standing there on the go-home WrestleMania with the belt. <gasps> so maybe that means he just knocks out Drew and holds the belt. No, I think he said standing yep. there as champion. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Brock's definitely the guy who's going to get it back from McIntyre. Ugh. <laughs> My wife and I Mawab. have been rewatching. and I have been rewatching the MCU. You and everyone else, it seems. Uh, my lady oh, yeah. partner's 100%. boss, my friend Chris, who has never seen them, mm. and 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 I don't know what order you're doing it in, but everyone seems to be running off of the MCU chronological order in terms of in story. So they would start with Captain America. And then watch Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, like in yeah. the timeline. I, I, I find that a bit sacrilegious. Well, I did suggest that we do that, but the decision was made that we'll watch it in release order um, because then you kind of get like the phases all together. And really looking back, on it, I do think that's the right way to do it. And here's why. Because Captain You've got to America... slap your head before oh, you say that. Sorry, I'm not sure if that comes off on mic. Um, the reason why I do think it, you've got to do it that sort of way is because Captain America, while predominantly taking place in 1945, the ending of the movie takes place in present day to set up the Avengers. Mm. So you starting with that one and then it, it ends in 2012. 
and then you're going to 1995. So it doesn't actually work to watch them in the chronological order that they are set. It's like someone needs to cut out all the individual flashbacks and create a, well, I don't know how long this would be, a 40-hour cut. Mm-hmm. I would, and you would just add it, like, so the, the Captain America pieces, like the, the start of the movie where they find him, and when he wakes up, you would put that at the post-credits of Thor mm. to then set up the uh, the Avengers. Because actually, Captain America doesn't have a post-credit sequence, it's just a trailer for the Avengers. Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, what a Which weird, my... uh, that, what a weird look back at that it is. Yeah, well, my wife forgot about that, and uh, I was like, yeah, there's no post-credits, just a trailer for the Avengers, and this was about I think it got to about sort of 10 o'clock-ish. We were watching it on a Sunday night and we were having a, you know, a couple of glasses of wine while watching Captain America, the first Avenger. And then she watched that trailer and then she's like, I just want to watch the Avengers now. And I was like, well, we could do. Let's make a couple of G&Ts and we'll watch the Avengers right no. now. And you went straight into yeah. it. Straight into it. Blimey. How many had you done in advance of that? Was it just Captain America or had you done a few that day? No. We uh, we did Iron Man and Iron Man two last weekend and Thor last weekend as well. We skipped over the Incredible Hulk, um, mainly be mostly because like it's sort of half in canon, sort of half not. So we thought we might as well give it a skip. Yeah, it's the most missable one. Uh, my lady partner still hasn't seen that or Iron Man two. Those are the well, two we, films we I dropped. It. It's it's not as terrible. It's still not good, like, but it's not as terrible as a lot of people remember. Mm. Thor: The Dark World is is way worse. So someone, I, I've got a soft spot for Dark World. I think it's because it finishes in Greenwich, which is where I used to go <laughs> drinking as a teenager. Um, one of the people I know, one of them, honestly, so many people are watching the MCU. I guess it's yeah, it's the Disney Plus launch in the UK. Plus, nobody can go outside. I'm all on physical media, mate. Oh. I don't have Disney Plus, so I'm watching them all on physical media. Take that, Bob Iger. <laughs> you, actually, Luke, you probably paid more money in the long run than a lifetime subscription. And I'm not even saying it's a braggadocious thing that I'm watching on physical media. I'm, I'm saying that more as like, oh, no, I have to watch it on physical media <laughs> because I don't have the super cool thing. Um, but it's been interesting to see the people who are watching it for the first time ever properly, who they're clinging on to because most people obviously iron man everyone loves iron man what a performance however the ladies are saying different things they're saying thor or captain america it just keeps on coming up keeps on coming up and you know i think it's because they're horny they're attractive (laughs) they're the sexiest guys they're the biggest sexiest guys that's true. That's true. Maybe that is the reason. Yeah. Um, I've also got a, a, a game I'd like to play with you, or a challenge I'd like to lay out to you, possibly, oh, wow. uh, and and out to our podcast listeners as well to email in your suggestions. So I had a family phone call over the weekend, as people are doing in their isolation bays. I've never spoken to my parents quite so much um, <laughs> now that we're in isolation. Um, so I was on a call with my parents and my brother and his girlfriend and my brother's girlfriend admitted she's never seen a wrestling match before. Wow. And, you know, which really isn't all that shocking. I'll be honest with you. I think it would be more surprising if she said she had seen one. Um, but yeah, so she said that she's never seen a wrestling match before and she's, well, my brother wants to show her one. Hmm. So he asked me to recommend a match. Now there are some parameters to this. It's got to be a good match obviously step one 
under 20 minutes needs to be a basically complete story within the match so you don't have to watch like multiple matches to get the you know so like you know a champa gargano three really needs one and two to kind of complete the set it's got to be not too violent when i mentioned you know edge spearing mick mick foley through a flaming table she did go oh no that sounds a bit much so no one can get as she puts it really hurt and here's the real crucial one got to be available on youtube Mm. i mean can't you just give the network login i can't i mean i'm pretty sure everything's available on youtube at one point or another if not daily motions your friend (laughs) so that is that's the parameters that i've been set to try and find a match to recommend you know for someone who's only probably ever going to watch one wrestling match in their life what match do you show them Wow. And uh, what, were there any that immediately jumped to mind? Uh, Brett Austin. Yes. WrestleMania. Yeah. That would that came to my head as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's under 20 minutes, though. I think it is, but I, I haven't checked the, the length of the match. Um, but that was the first one that sprung to mind. And then I was trying to think if there it's was something a bit more... quite bloody near the end, though. Yeah. Well, that's the other side of it. Is, but I almost feel like that adds to it, though. That mm. adds to the... Uh, but maybe that is going to be the wrong call, because as you said they do get really hurt. So so the aim is not to show uh, your lady partner-in-law pending a a fantastic wrestling match by our standards and what we want. Surely the aim should be to tailor it to her and, mm. and give what her... So, like, you know, I'm not going to introduce my mum to rock music because she likes the Osmonds. Right, so if if I ever hear anything that's more poppy, I say, "Hey, mum, check this out." So, mm. so what does she like? Does she like crazy soap opera stuff? Uh, no, well, they don't have a TV. Um, oh, so yeah, so I, what she really likes? They have is a laptop. Gardening. They have a laptop. Yeah. Well, it's the um, same thing. But they don't really like, like you know, they like gardening and going out to their. Um, what do you call those things? Uh, allotment. Uh, allotment. Thank you yeah. very much. Allotment. Um, she's currently working in sort of like a uh, a greengrocer's like veg store. Um, wow. So that that's the sort of thing that she that she likes. Like like my brother, she's very environmentally focused. Nothing's jumping out at me. Um, no, certainly not from those parameters. The, the I guess you've got the uh, the environmentally friendly Daniel Bryan storyline. But she, oh yeah, he but was he a was heel. The <laughs> <laughs> um, she does like Gavin and Stacey, if that helps. Oh, is that the only thing she likes that you're aware of? As that, that I'm aware of, mm. yeah. Uh, hmm. So maybe um, you want to go for a comedy match then, but those are those are very Marmite to a lot of people. Well, what- what she really wants is she wants to see like what the pomp and circumstance of wrestling is. So you want to show her like, you know, the big crowd, the big commentary and the big introductions and everything like that, which is why I am thinking more towards WrestleMania. And, you know, really you want to show like more recent WrestleManias. So maybe something like the Ronda Rousey tag match from WrestleMania. That's really good. That's a really good shout. I believe it's over 20 minutes because Triple H is involved and it's WrestleMania. Oh, right. I reckon it's around 25. I was going to say uh is it Vince versus Shane? Oh from WrestleMania uh, X7. X7 yeah, yeah. that's so much soap opera fun. That's definitely I think when a lot of people think of WWF yeah. wrestling, they think of that 
crazy kind of presentation that actually doesn't involve any real wrestlers. It's no. just it's just families infighting. Uh, but We've got Mick there. Mick yeah. being a referee. Maybe. Maybe you want to go down the route of look how incredibly athletic these people are. In which case, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. <gasps> oh, yeah, that that match. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, though, because it's not a good representation of what wrestling is. It's just an it's it's almost like you show them the the big WrestleMania match and then you go, ah, but wrestling is also this. And it's like, a, what, what's that, like a mm. five, ten minute match? Boom. Yep. And that blows mm. people's minds easily. But yeah, yeah, this is a good one to put out to the SWAF Nation. That's what I thought. So, well, yeah, that's a call out to you, Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Let me know what match you think I should recommend. Maybe we'll put it up as a poll on Twitter or something. Uh, let me just see if I've got any other emails I just wanted to read out before we get out of here, although we've got to be quick because you and I've got a live show to do. Well, could, can, I, can I close things on uh, a bit of breaking news that has just been confirmed <gasps> in my headset? It's a bit of a plug for tomorrow's Quizzlemania 3 on Parts Unknown, which you should tune in on our Parts Unknown YouTube channel for anyway, live. You can sort of play along at home. And also subscribe to the podcast version, which is now up, because you are podcast peeps. Uh, but yes, I am getting confirmation in my, in my ear set that reigning champion, two-time champion, Randy Andy Datsun, is putting his hair on the line now does this mean that if he doesn't win he's shaving his head or uh, is it just a case of if he comes last he's shaving his head i'm interpreting it as the as the most likely version where he shaves his head so he has to win he has to yeah. win or he shaves his head i am on a bit of a losing streak so i don't think there's any qualms there laurie unproven entity this is his debut on Quizzlemania, as is Wrestling With Regrets, Brian Zane. That man knows about wrestling. Oh, he does, particularly when it comes to wrestling history as well. Mm. Like, I don't, I'm expecting him to do very well. If, it's, if they do pay-per feud again as a round... Oh my god, very, yeah. He'll do well in that, and I'd imagine he'll do very well in the Elimination Survivor Series. Yeah, I can see him doing quite well. Good luck, because I'm not on it this week. Anyway, um, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Thank you all for your emails. Do get them in touch. We'll read them out uh, on the AEW podcast, because we've had a very lovely email from Valerie and from uh, Thomas, who sent in some fun stats for us to read out. So uh, we'll do those on the AEW podcast on Thursday. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.